Hello? There it is. All right. Good morning. How are you guys doing this morning? Uh, yeah, I feel good. I, thank you for that, that worship, guys. That was um, amazing when, when you present yourself before the Lord and uh, present everything that is yours. God touches you in a way that you just can't help but to be in awe and being amazed in that presence. Amen? Um, I hope that you guys have come here with great excitement um, to hear the word of God. Um, and uh, I hope you guys had challenges this week. How many of you guys had that this week? Yes. You know, yes, okay. And uh, did you guys overcome it? I hope, yes, all right. That's great because, you know, little hurdles and bumps here and there is good for the soul, right? It, it helps us grow. And if you haven't overcome it, uh, believe that you will because you are uh, overcomers. God created you to do so and to do more. Amen? Amen. Amen. So let's read um, the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. Okay. In Jesus' name, it says, I said to myself, come now, I will test you with pleasure to find out what is good, but also, but that also provide, I'm sorry, excuse me, but that also proved to be meaningless. Laughter, I said, is madness. And what does pleasure accomplish? I tried cheering myself with wine and embracing folly. My mind still guiding me with wisdom. I wanted to see what was good to people to do under the heavens during the few days of their lives. I undertook great projects. I built houses for myself and planted vineyards. I made gardens and parks and planted all kinds of fruit trees in them. I made reservoirs to water groves of flourishing trees. I bought male and female slaves and had other slaves who were born in my house. I also owned more herds and flocks than anyone in Jerusalem before me. I amassed silver and gold for myself and the treasures of kings and provinces. I acquired male and female singers and a harem, and harem as well, the delights of a man's heart. I became greater by far than anyone in Jerusalem before me. In all this, my wisdom stayed with me. I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my labor, and this was the reward for all my toil. Yet, when I survey all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless. A chasing after the wind, nothing was gained under the, under the sun. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the word, for your word, for this book of guidance as we search and find meaning to life. Holy Spirit, help us to be in tune with you so that we can hear and follow God's desire for our life. Help us to hold on to the promises you have for us so that we don't fall short of your glory. I pray for freedom from bondage because if the sun sets us free, we are free indeed. So Holy Spirit, come and have your way in us. Do the work that only you can do. We ask it for one glory and that's the glory of Jesus. 
And may the word of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer, whose name we pray. And all God's children say, Amen. Amen. God is good. And all the time. Amen. Um, We are meant for more. Right? You are meant to enjoy the treasures of this world to, to offer. Who um, recall what I spoke about last time I preached? Huh? Huh? I know I do. <laughs> yes, there was that. There was a couple, you know, there's a couple of times I've preached already now, huh? Um, and it's, it's exciting when, when you spend time to uh, speak to God and what God brings to you. And so I'm just excited for you guys today. I hope you receive the word of God. Um, but I spoke about um, abilities and availability would lead to endless possibility. Exactly. I spoke about that. And that um, our human nature uh, always desires more. We always want that. That's what we, we, we need that. And we, need to f- we want to be satisfied by that. But not unless we allow God to intervene in our life will we ever be filled and satisfied and experience the power, the ultimate power of God. Amen? So today I want to continue off of that. Um, and that we are created to party. Yeah? Yeah? Okay. Where is this going? Okay. And who, who likes to party? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Everybody should raise their hand. That's fun. So if and when you um, were reading the book of Ecclesiastes for the first time, it can be very depressing. It can be very sad, right? A sad message. Um, and um, with Solomon and the gift, uh, the God-gifted wisdom that he had, he just speaks straight to the point, right? To the truth. He spearheads and questions the very essence of our existence. And that is what's our purpose in life? What are we meant to do? What do we have to offer in this universe. Isn't that something we always ask along, uh, sometimes in our life? In the book he starts, in chapter 1, he starts saying um, that everything is utterly meaningless. I mean, how do, that's, that's hard to take when you start reading a book. Ecclesiastes chapter 1 verse 2 says, What does a man gain from his labor at which he, to- he toils under the sun? Chapter 1, verse 6 and 7 says, The wind blows to the south and turns to the north. Round and round it goes, never returning on its course. All streams flow into... Sorry, let me say that. Ever returning on its course. All stream flows into the sea, yet the sea is never full. To the place the stream comes from, there they return again. So basically, in a way, life is just... A cycle, right? It repeats itself. It keeps coming, coming over and over again, a never-ending cycle motion. And after a while, if you're aware and awake, you start to realize that same thing that Solomon is doing. Wait, this is meaningless. What am I doing if, it's, if you keep doing the same thing over and over again? When you're lost, you find yourself bored, and, and then you come to the conclusion of, what am I doing? Right? Have you guys ever had questioned that to yourself? What am I doing? What is this? It keeps repeating. Why do I need to pray before eating? Or why do I come to church every Sunday? You know? 
you see that we really need to pay attention to what Solomon experienced and what he learned through his life. Only then we can answer these questions that we have because Solomon lived it up. And all that he did back then is so very much relevant to our life today. See, throughout the short life that I've lived, only 31 years, not that much, <laughs> I've come to realize that we are all searching for something. And that something is usually love. We are all searching for that. This is evidence from when we are a child to the end of our life. Whether, it's, uh, whether it is pleasure, pleasures of worldly things or to be loved by someone or to love someone else or both, or all of that. We're searching for that. We're always searching for that. And Solomon depicts a great personal example of someone who has great authority, an unlimited source of worldly desire, and the outcome of pursuing it. He lived his life running after all things you can possibly imagine, only to find out that what? It's meaningless. And he says himself, it's a chasing, chasing after the wind. Have you ever chased after the wind? And what that looks like? Do you get anywhere? <laughs> Sometimes you might even feel it behind you, like what? 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 He made, he bought land with his wealth, where he built himself great big palaces where, um, I'm sure he had the newest Teslas and Lamborghinis and Ferraris, right? Ultra 4D TV where you can taste and feel and see and high resolution, right, to entertain himself. Um, and now standing uh, surround sound on the TV. Uh, we don't have that at our house. I wish I did. Um, he made the most beautiful garden and parks, right? On those days where he planted trees and fruit. At one point he owned, um, as we read earlier, he owned more flocks and herd than anyone in Jerusalem. I mean, can you imagine that? How much, what, how much wealth he had and what he pursued. He was loaded, but still, Still, he was not content. He also chased after many women. He had many wives and slaves, close to probably a thousand. That's a lot. With whom he had many kids with, and still, again, back to that question, not satisfied, not fulfilled. Why is that? He, he himself says, it's meaningless. Why is that? Solomon had it all. He was the life of the party. He had, like I said, he must have had, he had many houses. So he had the best ha house in the block, the best party in the neighborhood. I'm sure he hired and invited many, many um, different chefs, or best chef around the world. Not just one, but a bunch of them. He had parties probably every day, um, every single day. I don't know how many months it could have gone on. He had the best wine collection, because what is the party without alcohol? Yeah. Yeah. 
he had he hired um, comedians to entertain him, to laugh a little, to feel good, to forget about what happened yesterday. But still, what did he what did that do for him? Nothing. It just arrived and left as fast as it arrived. Chapter 1, verses 5 says, The sun rises and the sun sets and hurries back to where it rises. See, he just comes and goes. And he did, but he did it all. He, he pursued it. In fact, he denied everything his heart... I'm sorry. In fact, he did everything his heart desired without hesitation, without restriction or power to stop, from do, stop him from doing those things that he wanted to do and craved. Chapter 2, verses 10 and 11 says, I deny myself nothing my eyes desire. I refuse my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all many work, and this was the reward for all my labor. Yet when I survey all that my hands have done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless. A chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. Again, back at the same place. He did all those things, but nothing was gained. A person with that, with that much resource, influence, and wealth, and power, is saying that, that it's all meaningless. We really need to listen to and pay close attention. Amen? And not take his word lightly. For you see, most of the time, anyways, we can't do those things he's doing because we don't have the resources to do so. But he did. And he tried it. And maybe sometimes that, that could be a good thing because naturally it teaches us to be self-control. Um, you know, not do those things that our hearts desire. But even though we still do our own ways, you know, in our own values. We really need to see and listen to what Solomon is saying and, and did. And then look at what happens when that's the kind of life you have and then you win a lottery. Most of them, what do they do? They're even more debt than they were before because they're spending so much. They don't, they don't know where they're going. Look what happens to celebrities, pop stars, and athletes, and actors. It's safe to say that they have more resources than maybe some of us here um, do. But most of them are not happy. Most of them are not satisfied. You see the hurt, the pain that they all go through, the loneliness, the, the drugs, the, the, the alcohol, suicidal times. You know, it's, it's very sad. You think that they have all these things, but no, it's because it's meaningless where they place their heart. It's meaningless without a purpose. Um, everybody knows Prince, right? The singer Prince? Yeah? Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, so do you guys know the song 1999? It's very popular, right? Everybody knows that song. Who, who doesn't? And I was listening to that song t the other day, and uh, I realized some of the lyrics and some of the things, because that rhythm is very catchy. You just, when you hear the tune, you just start, you can't help but to move. It's like, wow. Dun, 
You just can't help. You know, I'm already singing it. <laughs> and I can't, I can't help myself but to move. And when you listen to that song and pay attention to the lyric and what they're saying, what he's saying, I feel that it's the same thing as Solomon is saying, but in a different context. And that nothing's going to, and Prince's perspective is nothing's going to stop me from doing the things I want to pursue and the things I desire because I'm going to die anyways. What am I going to do? You know, nothing, no purpose. So I'm just going to enjoy myself today, tonight. Chasing those, those things, but where does that lead to? Nothing. And one of the lines of his verse says, um, War is all around me. Sorry, excuse me. War is all around us. My mind says, prepare to fight. So if I got to die, I'm going to listen to my body tonight. Right? He, he's pursuing himself. What he wants. And does it make you feel... And what does it make you feel afterwards, after the party's over? What happens? How do you feel? When the wine fades and everybody's gone because the party ends, what happens? But I'm going to do it anyways because it feels good and uh, it makes me feel, I don't know, loved, I guess. It makes me feel whatever, fill in the blank, and that's what people pursue. And to me, that's called um, self-indulgence. And I strongly feel that this is what America has become today and what social media movies and songs are trying to convey to a life and try to change, make us change and live by. No, they're showing how cool it is to self-indulge. But Solomon did it already, and he said it's what? It's meaningless. He did it all. It's meaningless again. So why do we still pursue that? You know, we already know the outcome. He, he did it all, but that's what the enemy does, right? He's trying to deceive you of what you really should be doing and what you're meant to do in your life. So it's all meaningless without the right purpose, without purpose in life. And so what is that purpose? <laughs> What's your purpose in life? Don't worry, I actually have the answer for you guys today, all right? Huh? I really do. I have the answer. And I've come to bring the good news. All right? And the an this answer is the answer to everything you might have in life. And that is, yeah, I think you already know it. Jesus Christ. That's Jesus Christ. That simple. It's cliche, but it's the truth. It's the truth. You know, that's, that's the answer for everything. John chapter 14, verses 6 to 7 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to, to the Father except through me, Jesus. If you really know me, you will know the Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Right? Jesus is the, Jesus is the answer. Answer to that question. For see, God, God is not against you having fun, you laughing, you partying, even buying nice cars for yourself or big mansions and huge 
land with many flocks. All he wants you from you is your reverence. I believe that God granted us the ability to desire. And desire only him. To glorify him. He made, he granted us that feeling, that love, so that we can do that. But what do we do with it instead? We give it to the world. God knows we want, to, we want to feel loved. God knows the things we desire and wants to give it to us. But most of the time, we're not ready to receive it. No, we, we're too stubborn to hear and settle for meaningless things in this world. I'm a victim of this. And not only does he know his heart I'm sorry, not only does he know our heart, he gave us the greatest gift ever that we can ask or imagine. Before we even knew it, before we even know of him, again, that's Christ, that's Jesus Christ. God's love for giving us his son and Christ's love for enduring the cross sacrificially is the evidence we need to be motivated and reminded every day who we should live for and the purpose in life. Amen? Once we realize this grasp, God's perspective, once we realize this and grasp, grasp God's perspective, your life will begin to feel more meaningful, no matter what the circumstances is. Doesn't matter what it is. This is ever so true with all situations of life, especially when it comes to finding a soulmate, which is something that we all all looking for majority of the time. You cannot fully love another person without understanding how God loves you first. Likewise, your significant other or boyfriend can't fully love you unless they understand God's love for them. Right? Because, because love first comes from God. He's the one who made the first move in the relationship. He's the one that seeks seeks us out. He's the one who wanted you in his kingdom. And if a God so powerful, that powerful is seeking you, you know what that means? Life is meaningful and you are that much meaningful. Right? If that, that much, if a God, who, what kind of God pursues you? There's no other God beside God of Israel is the only God that pursues 
people. All the other gods are being praised, and that's it. They don't pursue them, right? You are important to God. That's why he searched you. You are important to him for his kingdom. No one on earth will seek you as much as the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit does. And not only that, they will continue seeking you until they have you. 1 John chapter 4, verses 8-10 through 10 says, Whoever does not love does not know God. In other words, whoever does not know God does not love. Because God is love, this is how God shows his love among us. He sent his son, he sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but he loved us first and sent his son as an antonym sacrifice for our sin. All right? Talk about love. I'm, I'm, I'm married and I have a child, as you guys, most of you guys know. <laughs> and I've come to realize that in, in our five years, five years of marriage, I know because we always said there's a sixth. <laughs> five years of marriage, I didn't know that I could love Lantu more. But again, remember I told you I can love, I, that's what God does. If I spend my time with God first, he's going to show me more things that I had no, not, knew about. And likewise, I feel the same way for Lantu. You know, she loves me more than she did when we first got married. So church, let's be encouraged and reminded that the purpose of us coming here every Sunday is to glorify God, right? To glorify him together. Let's choose God first so that we can enjoy the smallest things in life to its fullest. It's so amazing how um, Kiari can enjoy something little as moving a, a, a truck, right? A toy just like that. And he can do that for hours just just doing that. It's a small thing, but he enjoys it. And let's not lose track of the truth. Amen? Because when you lose the objective reason for living, we start to find subject, subjective reasons for living. In other words, when we lose grasp of the truth, we'll find ourselves sliding straight to the doorsteps of indulging and start doing stuff for, for ourselves. You are created for a party because what? That party is Jesus Christ. That party is Jesus Christ. He likes to have fun too, okay? Essentially, in the end, all parties, like, Sol what, like what Solomon organized, will end. It just, it finishes, right? And everybody goes home, f you finish all the food, drinks will run out, dancers are too tired to dance, so they go home. Everything fades away. But the kingdom of God, it does not. It's party every day, all night, whatever it may be, because Jesus is there. Jesus is the one. He's the life of the party. 
Therefore, never pursue him. Okay, never pursue him because the pleasure is found in the one who turned water into wine. Amen? Amen. At this moment, let's just reflect a little bit um, with the message and that I, I have a few questions for us to um, think about as we just reflect more, reflect more into it. And that is, will you pursue the world and it's superficial? Or will you pursue religion? Maybe it's artificial. Or will you pursue the one whose hand the endless pleasure has the endless pleasure. Amen?